0: Brothers and sisters, my name um, is Eddie. I'll be reading the um, second Bible reading for today. It's from James chapter five, seven to eleven. If you want to flip through your Bible, um, it's on one thousand two hundred and sixty-nine pages. And this verse for today is about patience in suffering. Verse seven be patient then brothers until the Lord's coming see how the farmer waits for the land to you its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near don't grumble against each other brothers or you'll be judged the judge is standing at the door brothers As an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. This
1: is a lot of work. Thank you, Eddie reading that with so much emphasis Um, if you are new with us on the inside of the newsletter you'll find our outline that might help you follow along and there is also a full transcript of the talk if you find that helpful that's also for you you can grab that as well Uh, we do come to this passage and I suspect it is a timely passage for many of us as we reflect on what it means to be patient in suffering And so let's pray that God will speak to us now, that he will minister to our hearts. And so let's join in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts will be pleasing to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, waiting, waiting, waiting so much of life is spent waiting we wait all the time do you know that on average an average australian spends each month 35 minutes waiting in a queue an average australian in each month an average australian spends about 33 minutes waiting to pay something at the shops each day an average australian spends about 54 minutes commuting And then there's, of course, waiting for the doctors, for the dentists, waiting in traffic, waiting on call for customer service, waiting for tests, for results, for exams, waiting for pregnancy. And some of you might even be waiting for grandchildren. Waiting, waiting, waiting. And what do we do when we don't like waiting? What do you do when when we feel impatient? It's just taking too long. What do we do? Well, we settle for instant stuff, like instant coffee. (laughs) I won't settle for that unless I'm camping. Instant noodles, instant soup. There's even instant rice. Just pop it in the microwave and you get radioactive rice. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Sometimes our waiting is a waste of life. I've been waiting for years for petrol price to go down to the price that I paid when I started driving, about 50 cents. That's a waste of time, waiting for that. But sometimes our waiting is good, like waiting for the birth of a child. Nine months of waiting, it's a good wait, and there'll be a child. But often, our waiting can be extremely difficult. Because so much of our waiting is done in pain, in sorrow, in hardship, in difficulties. So much of life is waiting in pain. And we may even question God, maybe even at this time how long will my pain last? How long must my suffering go on? How long will my heart hurt? How long will I feel tired? How long must I endure injustice? How long must I feel downcast? And that's why we had the first Bible reading of Psalm 42. Do you sense the emotion of that psalmist as that psalm was read? His anguish, his sorrow. Why are you so downcast? He questions himself. Why are you so downcast, O my soul? And he describes his tears as the food for the day. Imagine that. That's all you eat all day, your tears. He even questions God. Why have you forgotten me, God? Why must I go on mourning? And if you have to wait in life feeling like that, if you have to live through life feeling like that, how do you wait how do you cope now I'm sure there are many stories amongst us even at this time the things that you are bearing the things that you are enduring the things that you are trying to persevere through the experiences that you might be having that you would never wish upon another soul Now I've shared this story in the past, some of you may remember this, but I reflected on this story again this past week, and reflecting on this story still churns my heart. It's a story I remember hearing when I was at Bible college. And when you hear this story, it's just hard to make sense of. How could any such thing, any such experience happen to anyone? Well, this was a story that happened to a committed Christian family in America, the Chapman family. Stephen... Curtis Chapman, an American Christian music singer. He won five Grammy Awards. He had six children, three biological of his own and three daughters adopted from China as little girls. Do you know this story? Well what happened to him was tragic. On the 21st of May in 2008, one of his sons was coming home, pulling up in the driveway of their home. But as he was doing that, his youngest sister, five-year-old sister, Maria Sue, ran out to meet him. He didn't see her and accidentally ran over his sister. Maria Sue, airlifted to the children's hospital but was pronounced dead on arrival. How do you wait? How do you live life once you've experienced something like that? I mean, this was a Christian family. They loved the Lord. Imagine the gut-wrenching feeling of the family at that time. Imagine the, the weight of guilt the brother would have been feeling and still bears. Well, in the aftermath of that grief and pain and sorrow, Stephen... He was unsure whether he would perform again. But then eventually he wrote an album, Beauty Will Rise. It's a beautiful album. It's just filled with death, depth, and sorrow. And in this album, he wrote songs that expresses the darkness of his soul, what his soul was going through, the roller coaster emotions of his family during that time. Beautiful songs. And in one of the songs, in the song C, he writes this. He sings this. Right now, all I can taste are bitter tears. Right now, all I can see are clouds of sorrow. But right now, all I can say is, Lord, how long before you come and take away this aching? And so you can sense how dark how difficult how painful and so how do you wait when life can be like that you can't rush it there's no quick solution there's no instant quick fix so how do you wait how do you endure how do you persevere well it's why this passage in James is so so important and I suspect so timely for us so how do you wait well first we wait patiently for the Lord you see that's a very important point because what that already says is that this life is not all there is pain will end tears will be wiped chaos will be turned into peace all the injustices of the world will be made right vindication for those who trust in Jesus You see, what we learn and hear from Scripture is very real. It's realistic. It doesn't deny that life can be tough. It doesn't shy away from calling the things of this world evil and wicked. That is oppressive. That is not right. That is not God's way. The suffering, the hardship, it's not meant to be. It recognizes all the harsh realities of this life. But yet God says you can still wait patiently for the lord because everything will one day change it brings to mind the the sense of this verse it brings to mind a scene from the novel of c.s lewis in the narnia series the lion the witch and the wardrobe you know that famous classic in one of the scenes over the land of narnia there's this sense of hopelessness despair nothing is going well and it is always winter it's gloomy and amongst all the animal kingdom it seems like evil has won but then in this scene mrs beaver says to lucy the little girl and says but there's hope dear there's hope and then mr beaver he says well there's a lot more than hope aslan is on the move something is about to happen it won't stay winter forever it's like spring is coming edmund he asks, well who's aslan and mr beaver he replies well he's the king of the woods he's the great son of the great emperor across the sea and after that there's this sense in narnia spring is about to come winter will end good will be victorious and evil defeated as land is on the move you know that sense something's around the corner well that sense that C.S. Lewis captures in his book is the sense that James is trying to capture here and trying to get us to feel in verse 7 have a look do keep your Bibles open to James 5 verse 7 James says be patient then my brothers until the Lord's coming and that's not wishful thinking no one wants to have wishful thoughts just to make us feel better no one wants that but you see when jesus returns that will be it it will be the end of the world as we know it and there won't be any more second chances there won't be any more time to repent when he returns no one will be able to say at that point oh Now I see that you're real. I'm going to believe in you. It will be too late for that. That time will be over when he returns. But for those who did believe, who do believe, and endured and persevered, and when Jesus returns, they will say with a great sigh of relief, Lord, we've been waiting for you. And so James, he says, that will happen and it will be as certain as the seasons come and go and the land produces its fruits. It's why James here, he gives the example of the farmer. It will happen. It will happen. You can be certain of that. But you need to be patient like a farmer. The apples, the oranges, the avocados, they will grow but it won't happen overnight. Recently, I watched a, a short, very short documentary on avocados. Now, you might be thinking there, your life's not very exciting, but that's okay. I watched this short documentary on avocados, and for an avocado orchard to grow and to flourish, it in fact takes years of planning. There's watering, fertilizing, pruning, pest control, enough sunlight for one ton of avocados to be produced you need over eighty-three thousand liters of water there's a lot to manage to grow avocados fertilizers i'm thankful to go for coals i can just buy one there but what does it say about being a farm being a good farmer a lot of hard work but a lot of patience a lot of waiting around you can't expect to have potato chips for dinner when you just plant it in the morning and you can't just throw in the towel after a week of farming and expect fruit there will be no harvest after a week instead it will be days and nights of waiting and invisibly something's happening through the storms the scorching sun to seasons coming and going and eventually the rain will fall and there will be a harvest And so you see the rest of verse 7. Have a look. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. And isn't that true? You see, the best things in life, you've heard that quote, the best things in life are worth waiting for. There's a harvest. You wait, there will be a harvest. There will be a bumper crop. The best things in life are worth waiting for. When I first met Yvonne, we were both 11 years, old, 11 years old when she first arrived to Australia. At the time, we met at church in our youth group. But at that time, she was a head taller than all the other youth, which meant she was also a head taller than me. So what do you do? The best things in life are worth waiting for so she waited for me to grow, (laughs) not like an avocado, until one day that skinny little boy turned into her knight in shining (laughs) armour. The best things in life are worth waiting for. But what James is getting at here, wait patiently, not merely because the best things in life are worth waiting for, but because the Lord of your life is coming and if he's coming stand firm don't be weak in your knees stand firm or more literally strengthen your heart be convicted be assured be convinced be firm in your heart stand firm like a soldier don't be moved don't be shaken don't be despairing don't throw in the towel be absolutely certain aslan is on the move jesus is near and so you see verse 8 you too be patient and stand firm that is strengthen your hearts because the lord's coming is near and it's why at the weddings that i conduct the vows that we have in our church i like the vows that end with the extra few words you know what you say when husband and wife when they make vows to each other I promise in sickness and in health, forsaking all others to be faithful to you as long as we both shall live, and these extra few words, all until Jesus comes again. I like it when vows have those extra few words because it sets the tone in the we- on the wedding day that even in the permanence of marriage, it can be ended with that expectation that Jesus can return any time, and so how will you wait? Well, firstly, patiently for the Lord. But we are also to here wait peacefully with each other. Sometimes I I feel like, and and I'm sure it's true for you as well. We get so easily caught up with our own lives, with our own situations, with our own pain, and suffering and hurt so much so that we're so caught up with ourselves that we grumble we are cold towards one another short harsh unkind and nasty with each other and even vengeful vindictive and it's ugly when you see amongst christians and we don't realize that everyone has a struggle of their own everyone Uh, we all have our own battles to fight and we can even become impatient with God why aren't you answering my prayers in my time why aren't you doing anything about my situation God and we don't remember what we see here the judge is at the door it's like the door handle is almost turning and what will we find what will he find when he returns his people bickering grumbling complaining disgruntled or will he find people living peacefully with each other bearing each other's burdens with sympathy and empathy for the struggles we all bear and so we see verse 9 don't grumble or complain against each other brothers or you will be judged you see you're not the only one suffering everyone else is suffering their own way the judge is standing at the door. And so how will you wait? Well, patiently for the Lord and peacefully with each other. And in case you might be thinking, "Well, no one is suffering like me now. Well, James says, yes, there are. In fact, there have been. The prophets who walked a well-worn path. And so wait perseveringly just like the prophets and if you know the story of the prophets they had it tough they had it really tough they were sent by God to speak truth but they experienced hardship like no other Amos tortured Elijah hunted down Jeremiah his life was extremely tough he was betrayed by his own family beaten by the temple officials imprisoned by the king threatened with death thrown into a well or for speaking the truth it was so hard that he even had the courage to say curse it be the day I was born but yet he persevered he endured and so verse 10 we see here brothers as an example of patience in the face of suffering take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And then we've got Job, the classic example of suffering. I mean, his example takes the cake. All his children, dead. All that he worked towards, all his wealth, gone. His own health, gone, lost. And what did he do? He didn't throw in the towel. He questioned God. He blamed God, but he never turned his back on God. He said, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away, but he didn't end there. Do you know what he said next? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And later in Job 13, he said, even if you, God, even if you slay me, even if you kill me, my hope will still be in you. He experienced hardship but he persevered he endured his heart was strengthened because he knew his God and that he would meet his God and so verse 11 our final verse as you know we considered blessed those who have persevered you have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And so Jeremiah, Job, in even all their struggles and suffering, they were finally vindicated. And they serve as examples for us. What we go through is nothing new. We can be like that. Even if you slay me, Lord, my hope will still be in you. And so it's worth you reflecting on your life at the moment. What are the burdens you're bearing? What's the struggles you're experiencing? What's the suffering that you're feeling? Well, whatever it might be, we can be like the prophets. If it's too overbearing at the moment, too big to carry, what do we do? We can remember the final words of that verse, verse 11 the Lord is still full of compassion and mercy. He has not stopped loving. And so we can pray, Lord, please grant me the broader shoulders to bear the burden you have given me. And Lord, help me to be patient. If it's too hard and heartbreaking, remember still the last bit of that verse, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And we pray, Lord, you know how I feel you know how my heart breaks but grant me the strength the strength to get through this day and help me to be patient if it's too painful and just too much well just like the prophets we share the same faith as the prophets we have the same God as the prophets and so we too can persevere in trust and wait patiently because the Lord is near it's how i've heard many of you speak often as i go around and speak to you i'll often ask so how are you going at the moment how's life treating you at the moment and comments i hear often fill me with so much encouragement because i know in the lives it is hard and it's difficult but these are some of the answers i've heard well just one day at a time and each day is a blessing from god Isn't that good? Another lady said, if I could just put one foot before the other, it's okay. Isn't that encouraging? If I can wake up in the morning and sit up and look up, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Isn't that encouraging? And so how will you wait? Well, patiently for the Lord. Peacefully with each other. Perseveringly, like the prophets. So, how will you wait? Well, the way we wait as Christians now, I like to describe it as this as a restless patience. You see, we're living in the last days, that is, uh, the time between the first and second coming of Jesus. It, we're in the overlap of the ages, it's the tension in which we live. And so there's a sense in our lives now, as Christians, a sense of restlessness. It's life not the way it's meant to be. It's not the way we long for it to be. The grind, the mundaneness, and then you've got the hardships and the heartache and the heartbreak and the sorrows and the bereavement. And so we're restless. We're restless now for better things. We're restless now for a better life. In fact, it was C.S. Lewis again who said, The fact that our heart yearns for something earth can't supply is proof that heaven must be our home. And so that's the tension in which we live. We're restless until we are finally home. But there's a sense of restlessness now, but there's also the sense of patience now. It's a restless patience You see God will always have his own timing and often we know and we experience it's never in my time but God's own timing Rarely is it now 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 I mean you look at the experiences of those those heroes of the Bible Abraham after he was promised a son do you know long how long he had to wait 25 years after being promised we read it in only a few verses in a few chapters Joseph after his dream how long was it before that dream was fulfilled well was after years being slandered by his brother sold off by his brother imprisoned before he eventually became Prime Minister of Egypt how long was that 14 years we read it in only a few verses or King David he was anointed to be the next king as a teenager but how long before he became king? Well, it was after years of being chased around. People wanting him dead. It was 15 years before he became king. You see, God has his own timing. And he's often not like ours. And I suspect even in our own experience, that is the type of patience we might need. And we do need. The injustice that I might be experiencing. Vindication may come. But in God's timing, the wayward child that you've been praying for, that they'll come back to the Lord will continue to pray. But it is the Lord's timing. Hopefully one day God will bring him back. The grief and sorrow and the heartache, that will take time to heal. And so it's worth reflecting on whatever your life situation is at the moment. A relentless, a restless patience but you see in God's timing my restlessness will one day give way to a perfect rest and a hope of an eternal home that will finally be fulfilled we can be patient because the future is in God's hand and the future is great it is a restless patience And we can wait with a restless patience because we have a hopeful perspective. It's not wishful thinking here. We can really hope and we can really cope with all that life throws at us. We can endure and persevere. Why? Because we know the end, we know what the end will be like. As land is on the move, Jesus is near. And so we press on because one day the joy will follow our grief now. Gain will follow pain. Rest will follow toil. Life even will follow death. And God's future will be great. And so, only reason why that story I shared at the beginning of the Chapman family. How can you cope when you experience something like that? such a tragic loss or well, in their pain they clung to God in their sorrow they hoped for glory in their heartache they lived patiently waiting for Jesus and in that same song see by Stephen Chapman he tries to capture that and he tries to imagine it from the perspective of Jesus and he writes this in his song from Jesus perspective And he's counting down the days till he says, come with me. And finally, he'll wipe every tear from our eyes and make everything new, just like he promised. Wait and see. Why can we be patient? Just wait and see. And we will see. We can endure patiently, though restlessly, but with a hopeful perspective because we know the end in fact if you think about it wasn't that the experience of our own Saviour Jesus Christ himself why would anyone anyone at all the one who gave life to everyone why would he allow himself to be spat on he gave everyone life why would he allow himself to be mocked and ridiculed and betrayed And even denied, that just baffles me. He's the Son of God. Why does he allow people to deny that he is the Son of God? Why does he allow himself to be condemned, flogged, hated, butchered, crucified, and even killed on a cross by the very hands he made? Well, isn't it because he knows the end? That he has that hopeful perspective. You know, in Hebrews, he summarizes it well. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Our Lord Himself waited, endured, persevered so patiently. And so must we. So must we we're going to be singing a new song and it speaks of the deep sorrows we might feel and even in the deep sorrows we can put our hope in God and so how will you wait well with a restless patience but with a hopeful perspective let's pray